0: Today is the 12th of April, 2022, and we come together once again to train our minds so that our minds are not lost all the time, because the mind that's untrained is Continually lost in ignorance, uh, craving, and attachment. Lost in having the sense of self, me and mine, you and yours. This is ignorance arising, which is the cause for craving and attachment. Because we see that all dhammas are based on causes, arise based on causes. And if there's no cause, then the result ceases as well. Venerable Sariputta, the foremost in mindfulness and wisdom in the dispensation of our Buddha, he listened to the Dhamma from Venerable Asaji and he understood clearly that all Dhammas arise based on a cause. And before this point, Venerable Sariputta was seeking the Dhamma that liberates. He was seeking out arahants, fully awakened beings. He was seeking all throughout the Indian subcontinent with his companion, Venerable Mahamogalana. And all throughout their travels, they didn't meet with a single fully enlightened being. But when it came time, he listened to the Dhamma from Venerable Asaji, and wisdom arose in his heart. He saw the Dhamma. So we see that having this sense of me and mine, it's arising based on not knowing. But when the time came, Venerable Sariputta was ready because he had cultivated a vast amount of parami already. So knowledge arose right there that all materiality and mentality is all impermanent suffering and not self. This wisdom arose based on listening to the Dhamma. He's able to see the Dhamma. And so we see that this means that his samadhi, his collectedness of mind was ready at that point, ready to give rise to wisdom. And then after this, Venerable Sariputta became an expert in the teachings of the Buddha. He became the marshal of the Dhamma and the Buddha's dispensation. He understood that all dhammas arise based on a cause. He saw that ignorance has a cause, and ignorance gives rise to craving, and craving to attachment, and then to suffering, then back to ignorance again, and then to contact, and feeling tone, and craving, and attachment, and suffering, and then ignorance all again. And so it circles around and around like this over and over again. And so this happens when we don't see clearly. But in opposing this, if we see everything as merely a convention, we see convention clearly, then liberation arises in the heart. Venerable Sariputta saw everything as just convention, that absolutely everything just arises and ceases. There's no self in any of it. And in this way, he was able to realize liberation. And so we all have the experience of this. For instance, the bodies of a duck and a chicken. We call one a duck and we call one a chicken. But what happens is we end up seeing that physical object and we think it really is a chicken or we think it really is a duck based on certain physical characteristics and the sounds that they make. We assign the label chicken or duck. But this is just a convention. However, it comes to pass in the heart that we think in truth it really is a duck or it really is a chicken. We don't understand that it's just a name, it's just a label. And if it came to pass in the world that that which we know as a duck, everyone called it a chicken, and that which we know is a chicken, everyone called it a duck, then a duck would be a chicken, and a chicken would be a duck. That's what we'd call it. Similarly, if we called females males, and we called males females, then females would be males, and males would be females, because it's just a convention, it's just what we call it we see that some monastics really cling to this sense of male or female and think that in truth a female really is a female. And some people see this as a problem in terms of their ordination, in terms of their Dhamma studies. But we see in the heart that really these things don't exist. There's no male, there's no female, there's no chicken, there's no duck. It's merely a convention. So when we see it clearly in this way, we see the Dhamma, this gives rise to freedom in the heart. Venerable Ajahn Chah gave a simile or comparison for this. For instance, we have a cup, we have a spittoon, but we call the cup a spittoon. And one may say, hey, can you pass me that spittoon over there? But really he's referring to the cup, they're saying, can you pass me that spittoon? And he's referring to the cup. So we see these are just conventions that we call them. And we cling, end up clinging to these conventions. We cling that in truth, it really is a glass, it really is a spittoon. We think that it really is that way. So this is a teaching we're thinking about from Lumpucha, a spittoon. We call a spittoon a glass and a glass a spittoon. But in truth, it's just a convention. There's no glass there to be found, it's just a name. We can also ask, well, is there size? Is the glass large or small? Again, this is just a convention And this meditation hall, we can call it big when there's not many people here. But when we get a 100 monks and 200 lay people, then the meditation hall feels smaller. But it's just a feeling in the heart. Large and small, these are just conventions. It's up to the proliferation in our own minds. If the mind doesn't proliferate, then it's just the way it is. It's just nature arising and ceasing. And it's the same with ourselves and people from different countries. There are many different countries in the world and all these countries are merely conventions as well. In truth, they don't exist. It's a convention, but we understand it to be a reality. But when we see convention as convention, then liberation arises. We understand nature is nature. We understand everything is just as it is. That everything is impermanent, suffering and not self. That its nature is this way. Seeing in this way, we see the Dhamma. We see not self. We see there's no me, there's no mine, there's no you or yours. We say that when we see the true self, this is seeing not-self. Venerabhajan Chah would say that when we don't understand, we see that in truth there is a self. But when we see the self, or when we see the true self, then this is seeing not-self. If we see the self as a self, then this is being lost in self when we don't see clearly, then we think that it really exists, that we really have a self. So we are born and we have this body. And so we practice to realize that it's all just a convention. It's all convention arising and ceasing. There's no me, mine, you or yours there. But the mind gets lost in these conventions because we're born with ignorance in the heart already. We're born with this body and it starts out very, very small, just some cells there. And the cells expand and replicate very, very quickly until we get many millions of cells, each of our organs composed of millions of cells. And the mind clings to all of it as self, all of it as me and mine. And this gives rise to problems in our life and in the world. People experience suffering and feel fear and are worried that people will come to uh, destroy our lives or take away our possessions. And then we may think, "Well, well, we'll destroy them first, we'll kill them first. So this is what happens when there's no dhamma in the heart. It's just all chaotic and agitated like this. So therefore we contemplate all things as convention. We practice to see that having been born in the world, we're friends with all the other beings in the world. We're all friends in old age, friends in sickness and friends in death. It's like this. So why should we hurt? Why should we harm? Why should we injure or kill one another? To bring the mind to the Dhamma, to give rise to Dhamma understanding would be better. But to have the wisdom to see this clearly, we have to train, we have to practice. If we don't train our minds, then we don't know, we don't see, so we have to train Because the mind that lacks samadhi just gives rise to the sense of self constantly. We may hear the teachings, we may think about them and contemplate them, but our understanding of those teachings won't be clear. It's like uh, a type of tree. In Thailand, in the language of the village, one would call a certain tree a gonpo tree. But in the official Thai dialect, it would be called a Jai Li tree. But originally this tree has no name. In Asia, it's called according to the Asian languages. In Africa, with African languages in North or South America, Australia, and so on, all have different names for this tree. But really, it's just a name in truth, there's no thing, no essence, no person to be found there. No me, mine, you or yours, them or theirs. So the Buddha taught this path to full awakening, to arahantship. And the arahant is one who puts out greed, aversion, and delusion. This is called the awakened disciple, a savaka arahant one who listens to the Dhamma, sees all materiality and mentality as not-self, and realizes arahantship. And there are many beings who realize this in the course of the Buddha's dispensation. And for Venerable Sariputta, on the first occasion that he listened to the Dhamma, he realized stream entry, and then After 15 days of practice, he realized arahantship. And it took him longer because he needed to cultivate more wisdom to be the foremost in wisdom. And Venerable Mahamogalana, when he listened to the Dhamma for the first time from Venerable Sariputta, he realized stream entry. Then after seven days of practice, he realized arahantship, full awakening. So we see that this freedom from suffering is possible. And if we don't realize that, then this gives rise to problems and fighting, to the sense of self, to me and mine, you and yours. But we should accept that in truth, we're all born and old age is normal. Sickness is normal, death is normal. Diganaka Brahman, he didn't want old age, sickness or death. He just wanted happiness. He didn't want suffering. He just wanted that which he liked and he didn't want that which he didn't like. And when he met the Buddha, the Buddha asked him, well, do you like old age, sickness and death? And and Diganaka Brahman, who is the nephew of Venerable Sariputta, He said, no, I don't want old age sickness and death. And the Buddha asked, well, will you have to receive these things anyway? And Naka Brahman realized, well, I don't want these things, but I do have to receive them. And to receive that which I don't want is suffering. So wisdom arose in his heart, that that which he didn't want, he'll have to get. And he was able to accept that this is normal. And he saw the Dhamma. He saw that this is normal. Sila, Samadhi and Panya gathered together in his heart and he saw clearly into the Dhamma. And so for ourselves, we want to see the Dhamma. So we have to train, we have to have wisdom, to give rise to wisdom through collectedness and mindfulness and also to have morality to have restraint in body, speech, and mind. This is the path to the end of suffering, the supreme path, the path to freedom. It's the hardest thing in the world to exit the world. But in this life, we have the good fortune to have encountered these teachings, to know the way to the end of suffering. So knowing the way to the end of suffering Why don't we practice it? We have to have effort. Today there was a Anagarika from Austria arrived this morning. He's interested to ordain as a monk. He's over 30 years old. He came from very far away with this interest in the path to freedom from suffering. He crossed over the great ocean to seek the Dhamma to seek the path to freedom from suffering. So we should think and contemplate about this, that we have the mindfulness and wisdom to understand the path to the end of suffering. We've met with the path, and if we don't practice it, then this is to our great detriment. We can say it's as if there was a mountain of pure gold in the world a mountain made of pure gold and if it was ten thousand kilometers away we'd feel like we had to go there to gain this great wealth similarly if there was a a mountain made of diamonds like this we'd want to go there to gain that wealth and having gone there even though it was so far away we gain that wealth and then we'd have all things that we wanted have all material things and their completeness. But having everything already like this, then we can't forget that this body is of the nature to degrade. The body must pass away and degrade, must age, must sicken and must die. And when we die, we can't take anything with us. So a smart person will turn that material wealth into merit and goodness. This is something an intelligent person would do. And one doesn't use all the wealth to give away, but gives away a portion of it, and uses a portion for oneself, a portion for one's family, a portion for helping society, a portion to take care of one's body, and so on. And we see that the Buddha taught about everything already, about how to manage wealth and so on as well. And what's important is to not be heedless, to practice the path of sila, samadhi, and panya. So we have this faith already, and we've met with the path, met with these teachings. So we should hurry up and walk this path, hurry up to realize the fruits of practice because time waits for no one. So we should practice and have a lot of mindfulness, whether sitting, standing, or walking, to have mindfulness, whether we're working or doing various activities, to have mindfulness, whether we're speaking, leaning to the left, leaning to the right, bending backwards or forwards, or changing posture, to have mindfulness with all our bodily movements with all our activities. Then when our mind is still, we see that the body is just the body. It's not a me, not a mind, not a self. But when we move without the mind being still, we think that the body is ours, we think it's a self. So we can practice moving more slowly And for instance, if we think to walk, we, the mind sends the message to the brain and the brain sends the message to the body to walk. But if there's a problem in the brain, we can think to walk, we can think to lift our foot, we can think to do it, but we can't do it. We can't walk because the brain has a problem The connections in the brain might not be working due to a stroke, for instance, So we should think and contemplate and be diligent in this. We have this great opportunity in this life. So don't abandon this opportunity. Don't let it pass you by. We've met the way to freedom from suffering already. So may you all be intent in this.